Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we have a special episode where we talk a lot about patellofemoral pain syndrome, mostly from Dan Pope and Fitness Pain Free, but a patellofemoral pain syndrome episode. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up at Champion PT Performance up in Boston. Lenny McCrina, Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Mike Scaduto. We're here answering your questions. Uh, anything you guys want to talk about, just let us know. Go to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link, and there's a nice form you can fill out to ask us some questions. So anything you want to talk about, PT, fitness, sports performance, business stuff, anything you guys want to talk about, we're here. Uh, bunch of students. We got some new students to squad. introduce today. Yeah, we got a squad today, right? We have this. Sometimes we have this overlap when there's a bunch of students together. Um, that's always a good. It's actually a pretty good learning environment. We're here, but so our veteran, we have Drew Dudek from Bel- <laughs> Belmont Belmont University. Nickname. Per Dan, right? Uh, that was me. Is yeah. Drew Doobie Doobie Dudek. <laughs> it may be my favorite nickname of all students of all time. Next time you're in a bad mood, I dare you to say Drew Doobie Doobie Dudek and not, <laughs> not smile. Be happy. And not be happy. That's it. I've done that to cheer myself up several times in the last few weeks. So <laughs> ah, thank, you, thank you, Drew, from Belmont University. To his right, we have Kevin Coughlin. I think we're going to go K-Cup. K-Cup. Ke- Kevin K-Cup Coughlin. <laughs> From UMass Lowell, so we actually we have a local student uh, uh, from uh, Massachusetts here. So uh, we go way back. K Cup is here, right? And then Nikhil Harani, Nikhil Shaquille O'Neal Harani. There we go. Is that what we're doing? Shocked, Shocked, I'm shocked you got that name. Right? Yeah, it's we, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a redo. <laughs> from the University of Kentucky. Yes. So I got that. Uh, we love the Kentucky students. We've had some good Kentucky okay. students, but uh, we have really struck out on a nickname. Nikhil. Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal Harani is our best nickname. Little Nicky? So Little Nicky? Definitely. From uh, what, Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. <laughs> 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 well, let's not look at him. Yeah, don't right. get the picture of right? Um, anyway, we're here. Who's up first? Drew Doobie Doobie Dudek. Take it away. Alright, so we have Alex from Colorado. I'm still very confused about how to evaluate the patellofemoral pain syndrome and figure out what to do for treatments. How do you determine where to start? <laughs> Alright, so let, 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 let me paraphrase that, i.e. just repeat it completely so the audience can hear it. Um, is, uh, uh, I'm confused where to start with patellofemoral pain patients. For the evaluation? Yeah. So the question's specific to the evaluation, right? And I get that, right? With patellofemoral pain, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest junk terms that we have in 
in our profession, right? Is patellofemoral pain syndrome, right? So Dan Pope, I know you have been pain-free fitnessing for a while, but on Dan's website, uh, Fitness Pain-Free, I almost forgot, I almost screwed that up myself. He's been talking a lot about patellofemoral, so this actually goes in well, but uh, man, patellofemoral is such a junk term. Where do students, new grads, whoever, where do they start with their evaluation for patellofemoral pain? Yeah, I think one of the tricky things with patellofemoral pain is that we don't have a lot of good tests to rule it in. So a lot of times it's more of a subjective thing. And the subjective things that usually correlate with this are pain with deep knee flexion, a lot of times stairs, that tends to bug it. So anything that you're really loading the quad and bending the knee joint at the same time that produces this kind of dull, diffuse pain around the kneecap, behind the kneecap, would probably be bucketed into this patellofemoral pain syndrome. And I th correct me if I'm wrong, you're you're, I feel like you've already classified some things out, like because I've, I've, you're, you're a smart person, right? And you've already classified this intelligently as patellofemoral pain syndrome, meaning you've ruled out things like patellar tendonitis, which obviously is a different kind of pathology. But I don't know, I just, I, I don't feel like people do that as much. So I, I know the first thing I thought of when they said that is like, do we start with classification? versus that and then exactly like you know it's the person that like a true patellofemoral issue is like what Dan said that mechanism in there I mean what do, what do you guys think just based on that I mean I know that was a broad phrase I think that's how I think just going back to Kevin's paper with was it Terry Malone and, and Bob Mangina, classic paper in JOSPT in like the George Davies. George, that's yeah. right, in 1993. Yeah, was that 93? Like I think it was in the 90s, oh early 90s. God, I was like four. Paper was invented in <laughs> the, 1993. They just come around. They took full advantage of this paper thing. That <laughs> that's was just uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so, so great paper on the classification of patellofemoral pain syndrome. That's probably the first place to start, right? Yeah, is and, and I think that's probably the best thing for a student, too, to do is just like, all right, well, like patellar tendonitis is, is a completely different ball game, that, that sort of thing. Like, and there's a few other things there. And it sounds like true patellofemoral pain is like what Dan's kind of saying. It's more like that compressive nature type thing. All right, so, so based on that, going back then to maybe what, what Dan was saying, so what are the big things you look for, Dan? After you've classified, you've ruled out things like patellar tendon like patellar tendonitis or, or like an yeah, growth plate or a, like an acute injury of like a patellofemoral ligament, like an instability. Uh, those are all like acute injuries that I think you're not having trouble with. Yeah. I think this question is not for that. It's more of the broad ones there. So Dan, what is it again you look for, for the compressive based stuff? Yeah, so generally I'm looking at probably what caused the problem in the first place, you know, which I think is generally going to be more of an overuse thing. If you look at patellofemoral pain syndrome, overall people think it's more of an overuse, big spike in training, increase in something that you're not used to that's really stressing that joint for the most part. Um, the other big ones to look for are obviously going to be quad strength. Quad strength is a big one. I think sometimes uh, we start thinking about the foot, we start thinking about the hip and how sexy those joints are, uh, when in reality, we don't really have good research to show the hip weakness is going to lend to a problem at the knee, but once someone does get knee pain, a lot of times the hip gets weak. So how, how, do you, how do you look at quad strength Because you know, besides muscle testing? So this is an interesting thing for me. I tend not to think so much of just the quad being weak necessarily, but I think about the demands of the athlete and what they have to be able to face, maybe if that quad is not strong enough to handle everything. So even if you have someone who has a strong quad, I start thinking we can make it maybe a bit stronger, right? Or maybe it's their strategy they like to use. So for like an Olympic weightlifter, obviously the quad's gonna be super strong, right? It's hard to say like, all right, I'm gonna test um, like a handheld dynamometer and see what that quad strength is. Um, I'm much more interested in how well they can squat and what's going on for right. that. There, there are a lot of people that do that. And there, there is a world, I'm trying to incorporate that in my life, the full quad index and isometric contraction into a handheld dynamometer. But I, I agree with you as well that 
I think yeah. functionally seeing them. And we know that if there's pain and or swelling in a joint, you're gonna get relative inhibition. So there's probably a, a relative shutdown of that quad compared to where it was. And that's gonna be a big component is getting that pain and swelling out if there is swelling, especially the pain, and then getting that quad back. I, I think yeah. sometimes too people will tell you if you ask about their training, you say like, what do you do? I squat a lot, I deadlift a lot with two legs, but like, do you ever do any single leg work or lunges? Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, way like more unstable or weaker on my left side when I do step ups on my right side I can knock out you know 100 no problem they can feel a difference mm -hmm. in there yeah, yeah. So, so it sounds like I mean I, I guess the first step then in evaluating patellofemoral pain kind of like come back together here first step is just understanding the different classifications you know the difference between like you, you know like uh, you know excessive lateral pressure versus a compressive versus an articular cartilage defect versus patellar tendonitis or fat pad irritation I guess the first thing is understanding what your scope of possible possibilities are. And then once you've ruled out the obvious ones where, like you're not gonna get confused if you hurt here, it's patellar tendonitis, right? I mean, that's like very obvious. But like, you know, once you've ruled that out, is then like Dan is saying is, all right, well, you know, what activities cause the pain? And okay, you get diffuse retro patellar pain with, with you know, a quad activity, right? And then how does, you know, functionally then, you know, what activities may be overloading? I, I, that's probably where to start. And that's yeah. probably a ton of info to get to get. Is there started. a spot where we could maybe gather all this information in one website? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I know Dan's been talking about it a lot lately, so this is actually a good episode for Dan. Like, we, sometimes I keep an eye out on the questions, and if we have a few that kind of go together, we make like a special episode. So, you know, this is good. So this is Dan's episode. Yes. Wow, what's next? Yeah, next yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Beards. K Cup. You're oh, who's up? Oh, no, it's me. Okay. Sha Shaquille. Mark from Atlanta. I've had numerous patients want to get back to squatting after having knee pain. I'm not sure how to build them back up. What do you do to return people back to weightlifting? Alright, so oh my gosh. we have knee pain. This is like the Dan Pokio. This is very Alright, so we have knee pain and they want to get back to squatting. This is a good follow-up to that last question. I put these in the right order for a reason here, right? The third one's gonna be, if I had a, I want to master the knee, where would I? <laughs> if I wanted to be, if I wanted to have fitness pain-free. So, yeah, they want to get back to squatting, they have pain for squatting. This is different in my mind. This is not having yeah, pain going up and down stairs. This is not having pain, you know, with other things. Where do you start with them, Dan? Well, I think that the first part is making sure you have the right diagnosis, right? So if you have someone who has true patellofemoral pain, then it's gonna be a little different than someone who has more of like um, pathology in the meniscus or something along those lines. Um, I think almost always you're gonna have some sort of period of unloading. I think that's really important for these athletes. We have some research to show that as well. So you wanna go away from the activities that are causing a bunch of pain. Usually I tell people about a two out of 10 or less while training is probably fine, okay? Sometimes you have to tweak that over the course of time. Give that a few weeks, and then you wanna to start to reload. And you're thinking about reloading in a way that's gonna be specific to get that athlete back to sport. So I gotta be honest, when someone comes in and they have pain in the bottom of the squat, if they can tolerate something like box squatting, I'm gonna keep doing that. Or I'm gonna change their depth a little bit or just modify their technique. A lot of times they continue training, right? I won't take away something unless they really need to take something away. And then once you take something away and you wanna get back to it, we have to slowly ramp our way back up. With patellofemoral pain, we know that if you go deeper into a squat and you put more stress on the quads, it's more stress in the patellofemoral joint. So knowing those two things, it's pretty easy to start to modify your activities, right? Uh, obviously, you're gonna make sure you have good technique. If the technique is right, great, keep on pushing that. You can use things like cueing and, and mirrors to help with that, and a nice progressive program. I like using a lot of single-legged stuff, like Dave is saying, starting from um, more shallow squatting, work your way down to deeper and deeper squats, and then making sure you're addressing specific deficits you may find with hip weakness, quad weakness along the way. Boom, that was the definitive guide on returning oh. back to squatting. So, all right, so again, to summarize then, 
because I just like this is like me learning too from Dan. I'm just trying to put it together. So it sounds like the first thing you got to do is one is we don't have to avoid squats to get back to squats. So that's yep. an important thing. But probably make sure you have good squat form first. Right, like, like let's critique their, their skill, let's critique their technique, right? And then from there, don't necessarily avoid it, but modify, modify range of motion and modify load, right? Yep. And then ease back in. Front squat versus back squat. Yeah. Volume, maybe Simple. two. Boom, K-Cop, what do we got for numero trace? All right, we got Charlie from New York. I've had a few patients recently with patellar tendonitis that I work with and help, but then when they return to working out, it comes right back. What am I missing? All right, so oh pa pa patellar tendonitis. I said that. I Dan? Thought of, I thought of Dan with this episode. I'm telling you, every now and then, so we take like a couple of, you know, a few questions over a few month period that are all kind of like linked together, and it's like a great episode. But yeah. all right, so uh, physical therapist saying patella, patellar tendonitis now, so not the compressive form we were just talking about. And they rehab back, but then they get back to activities and it comes back. What's yeah. going on? Dan, yeah. would you like Dan? to... Uh, yeah. What? So, what, what? Maybe what are they missing? But two is what? Why? Like, why would patellar tendonitis maybe come back so yeah. quickly? Uh, I don't know. Patellar tendonitis or patellar tendinopathy is probably what you're dealing with. So, jumping athletes are more likely to have tendinopathy, and maybe only about 20% of those people actually end up having pain. But because you have that tendinopathy, you're more likely to have that. And if you're in a sport where you're constantly loading that patellar tendon, let's say it's like volleyball or basketball, you're more likely to have it, and it's probably going to reoccur over the course of time, right? And when you do rehabilitate tendons, you don't really change the tendinopathy per se. The tendinopathy still stays there. So after your pain levels have gone down and you've strengthened some of the structures around that area, your pain is a little bit better. If you go right back to too much training volume, if you go right back to poor technique, whatever it is, that can recur, obviously. I think the thing that a lot of times is missed in physical therapy practices, and obviously I don't know anything about your physical therapy practice you're talking about, um, but you want to make sure you have a, a really progressive program that kind of bridges that gap between doing like single-legged uh, heel taps, you know, on a decline squat board and, and actually jumping and performing your sport and doing all the change of direction work and everything else. Um, so what I will say is that if you're having trouble with the return, obviously you need to make sure you hit all the basics. So make sure that quad strength is back, hip is nice and strong, uh, legs are symmetrically strong in general, the jumping mechanics are really good if you're trying to get back to a jumping sport, but then you need to have a nice program to return someone back, so maybe talk to some local strength condition coaches, get a really good program in place, and then make sure that once a person is playing, they're not doing anything stupid, like big spikes in training volume, making sure they have a solid uh, training uh, schedule, that type of thing. So, Love it. Lot, so it yeah. sounds, it's it, to me, it sounds like this is an overload kind of thing, right? You don't get patellar tendonitis without overload, so it's overload. So you're probably just not, you're not adjusting for that overload when you return and you kind of re-enter into that. Is that kind of right? So just kind of yeah. like you know, consider that overload, right? Mm -hmm. Awesome, Dan Pope, fitness pain free. That was a good episode for Dan. I feel inspired. I think we go straight to a baseball episode next. Right? Yeah. So that way, guys, I'll be back in a month. <laughs> awesome, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you to Dan Pope. That was like a special episode for Dan, but that was awesome. But uh, thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. Great questions again today. Head to MikeRound.com again. You can click on that podcast link and fill out a form to answer or excuse me, ask us more questions. We'll try to answer them. Head to iTunes, Spotify, whatever else you use. Rate, review, subscribe, whatever it is. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinal.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinal.com 
There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.